Social Media for a New Age, here to help you explore the world of social media and be present with what's happening personally, professionally and collectively in this rapidly changing world. Hello, it's Katie back with you to talk about social media and the topic that's been moving through me over the last few days has been the idea of emotional contagion through social media and the media because it's been a really big couple of weeks here in England. We had the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. I really noticed from a place of neutrality how it changed over the days and particularly we had an instance with what was known as the queue and this queue grew and grew and grew and in many respects I felt like the queue grew because of what was happening on social media and in the media. I mean, it got to the point where it was, there was a queue for the queue. And I mean, a couple of people called it mourn porn and it was emotional contagion. It was like all other news and all other things happening in the world just stopped. We were asked to pour our attention and our emotion into this event. And no matter how you feel about the Queen and the monarchy, you know, obviously there was a lot of polarisation or there was very little of the neutralness that I saw on social media anyway, even though when talking to friends and and people that I'm connected to outside of the digital space, there was much more of that, but you wouldn't necessarily know about that. And I just thought it was a really interesting example. I've talked about emotional contagion in the past because I find it really fascinating from an energetic perspective as well. I think it was around 2015, Facebook ran a set of experiments where they altered for a large group of people what they were able to see in their newsfeed. So they filtered what was seen in their timelines um, towards a negative emotion and ones towards a positive emotion. And then what they did was they surveilled those people essentially to then see what kind of things they posted having been subjected to the different emotions. And what they saw was, is that those who had the negative content in their timeline were far more likely to then post negative content in their timeline. And so there's a school of thought now around emotional contagion through social media that's actually getting bigger and getting more concerning. The experience just of this week of being here in England and experiencing it on that level of a very much a cultural and national level. I think this is spilling into areas when it comes to social media that we do need to be aware of. So I read an article, I think it was in the New York Post. I actually saw it on social media, funnily enough. Let me find it. It was talking about how social media is literally making teens mentally ill. They were dialing into this trend that is emerging 
where young people are following influencers on platforms like TikTok and Instagram and YouTube who have psychiatric symptoms, whether it's multiple personality disorder, disassociative identity disorder or things like Tourette's syndrome. And they're seeing a dramatic increase in these in young people who are coming to the doctors and being diagnosed. But what they're starting to see is that, and I'll just read this from the article, however, what we're seeing now is something different. We're seeing social media shaping people in ways that seem to mimic some of these disorders. Several colleagues and I have begun to call them cases of pseudo B. PD or pseudo DID. These are cases where the presenting symptoms dissipate when the person is removed from social media for several weeks, therefore proving that the behaviours presented are not the genuine article. So they talk about a girl called Susie who had developed mental health issues after becoming depressed when her friends went off to university and she was left at home and she started spending between 12 and 15 hours a day on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube. And she started watching videos of influencers who were doing things like talking about cutting themselves and then she'd start to cut herself. And this is a phenomenon that's been picked up on. It used to happen quite a lot, I think, with Tumblr accounts and anorexia accounts. And so there's there's quite a lot of evidence, I'd say, over the last 10 years, but I think it's become more and more. And so we can we can dial in to those more extreme cases which are of concern, but we can also expand out into how it might be affecting us on a day-to-day basis when we're using social media. I have noticed over the last two or three years particularly that when big events are happening, and boy have we had some big events happening over the last two or three years on planet Earth, the way that those events the way that we react to those events on social media, often with unprocessed grief, emotions of all kinds, anger, whatever it may be, frustration, you know, let's go the whole spectrum of emotion here, that we are unconsciously picking up on those emotions when we're online. So I've started to to develop a practice of both protecting my energy, but also clearing my energy when I'm using social media. I've also become aware of what might be my emotions and what might be the emotions of others to start to notice if what I'm feeling is mine or whether that is being imprinted onto me unconsciously through the collective, through social media. So this is just a question for you to ask yourself. How do you think you're being affected by the emotions of others when you're using social media? Are you aware that you might be being nudged in certain directions of emotion unconsciously? I want to raise the awareness of emotional contagion through social networks because I think it's really important that we have the awareness of it and so many people don't that what we're picking up on a day-to-day basis I mean it happens in physical spaces with other humans as well 
But because we're tapping in and out of our phones, I mean, some say between 80 and 150 times a day. And particularly, as I discussed in the last podcast, the numbers of teens that are using social networks. How do we protect ourselves from this? And is there a way that we can turn this emotional contagion into a positive? Can we, those of us that are aware of this, use this opportunity to put good energy, positive emotion positive intention, positive vibrations out into our cyberspace. And when we're in a period where there is strong negative emotion or strong, not even negative, because I don't believe that everything should be positive. I mean, today is the equinox. And so it's about a balance of light and dark, of day and night. And the human experience and the human condition is one of light and dark. Without the dark, there would be no light. So I'm not saying that we have to wash the internet with nothing but positivity. But can we be a positive impact on other people's days in other people's lives through what we share on social media? Can we use the knowledge that emotional contagion exists to pause for a moment before we share something negative, before we share our anger or grief or emotion, knowing that those people that are connected to us in those spaces are likely to pick some of that emotion up unconsciously and carry it with them throughout the rest of the day. Can knowing this also invite us as conscious digital citizens and conscious human beings to have protection and clearing practices around our emotions and our energies. I often talk about the the town square and the living room when I'm referring to the different spaces on social media and how when you go to, like if I go to the city and to to a big busy event, when I come home at the end of the day, I will have a bath or a shower and I will wash the energy of the day away. I wonder if there's a way that we can develop more practices around how we protect and clear our energy when we've been online all day. And there's lots of different ways we can do this. I did an interview with Kimberly Jones for my show on UK Health Radio earlier in the year, and she talked about how you can protect your energy field, but also the energy field around your phone, putting it into a bubble of golden light. George Lizos, a friend and author, who wrote about how you can protect your light and protect your energy. He recommends doing uh, an exercise where you take your finger and you put it at the end of your phone and you imagine that there's golden light in the end of your finger literally filling up your mobile phone and surrounding your different apps and different digital spaces. And so you can do all sorts of different things. You can use your spiritual and well-being practices that you have for your physical body, also for your digital body too. So this is an invitation and a question for you to think about in your day-to-day. Start to notice 
if you are being affected by other people's emotions in the online space. And then once you have started to notice that, have a think about what you can do out of your own personal practices to keep that awareness, to keep clearing and start developing different ways to protect yourself. I hope that this episode as ever finds you well and that it's helped you in some way. I'll be turning this into an article that you'll be able to read below to so choose your mediums for which you wish to engage and if you've got any thoughts or comments or any examples or experiences that you want to share I love to hear it so please put them in the comments below and I will get back to you in due course if you enjoyed this please think about subscribing and sharing it with your friends I produce these for free as part of my service work and also for sharing my thoughts and feelings about social media with you. Uh, if you'd like to find more information about social media for a new age or about me, Katie Brockhurst, your author and host, you can go to my website, socialmediaforanewage.com or buy my books, Social Media for a New Age 1, 2 and 3 are a series designed to support you on your journey with social media and with digital well-being.